Welcome to the Wealthy Circle Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into this year's finalists and winners from our wealthmanagement.com industry awards. These interviews cover the challenges, innovations, and trends in the wealth management industry and the individuals working to help advisors better help their clients. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Wealthies Podcast. I'm David Armstrong, Executive Director of WealthManagement.com, and this is the podcast where we speak to finalists of our WealthManagement.com Industry Awards. And these awards, as I think everybody knows, are in their seventh year, gets bigger every year. And what we try to do here is uh, recognize the firms and the individuals whose initiatives are helping financial advisors build better businesses and create better outcomes for their clients. Uh, a perennial presence here on the leaderboard for these awards, finalists every year, it seems, is SSNC Advent. And today joining us is uh, Steve Levent, SVP and co-general manager of SSNC's Advent advisory business. Steve, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, David. Uh, you know, the, the, your firm seems to be a finalist in the technology categories going back to the very beginning, I think, of these awards. Uh, and it makes sense because, you know, our judges are not looking to recognize the firms per se, but rather the Kind of encourage innovation space by recommending new initiatives that help advisors or enhancements to initiatives just to try to keep the ball moving forward. And I think SSNC Advent has been pretty consistent in iterating their products and services uh, through the years. You know, I was going back to the Black Diamond days, the Advent days. I think before we jump into what the judges are recognizing you all for this year, maybe just take a step back, Stephen, for people who maybe aren't familiar. Tell us a little bit about your role there at SNC Advent. I think you were, uh, uh, there was some restructuring that went on there about a year ago, maybe a little bit over a year ago, you were given a new title there. And what you do for SSNC Advent and, and how you see your role and where you guys sit in the ecosystem. Sure, absolutely. Um, so uh, good, good memory on, on some of the role changes, uh, David. Uh, the short of it, so my role today is I'm the co-general manager of the Advent business uh, here at SSNC. Um, you know, and that business is, uh, you know, obviously our, our uh, business around, um, you know, Advent software, including things like APX and Geneva uh, and Moxie that, you know, many of the industry is very familiar with. Uh, also, uh, it, it oversees the Black Diamond business as well as uh, Solentica and, and a couple of other acquisitions we've made over the last few years. Um, so it, it really is, um, you know, my particular focus is advisory focused. Um, and you know, really, that is holistically the clients that we cover and the market that we cover, and across all. Uh, and the, I co-lead the organization with Karen Geiger, who's really more focused on the asset management side of our business. So, see, this year, I think the judges were recognizing you as finalists uh, in the uh, portal category for technology for the client view application within the Black Diamond Wealth platform. Uh, do you want to? A little bit about that. What operations did you make to the Black Diamond Wealth Platform with this client view application? What what problem are you trying to solve there for financial advisors? Sure. You know, so so yes, uh, that, that was one of the the nominations we got this year. Uh, I believe it was in the the portal uh, category, and it's a, a new feature that we rolled out and uh, is is available to all of our clients to adopt. Uh, it is a capability called Client View. The way to think about it is a single pane of glass uh, advisor dashboard that really provides all of the information that you might need about a client relationship uh, at your fingertips, including things that our system uh, would natively hold and calculate, but also uh, integrations from other third-party technology capabilities, some of them that are you know, SSNC owned and, and some of them that aren't. Um, and really uh, you know, the way that I, I imagine advisors will you know, off, most often start their day and, and most often start uh, you know, the 
the digging into individual households that they manage and uh, you know be able to you know support a really the the anything you might need for the client uh, whether you know they're calling um, and they have questions or you're preparing for a meeting um, or you are uh, about to deploy some cash and 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 move it into uh, you know some of their allocation uh, and so and so it's really the the starting point we think for uh, advisors day and um, and and you know it's a, a category that we're we're pretty excited about. Um, you know, the user experience is an area that we've always been really focused on. Uh, you started the conversation about the fact that SNC Advent uh, is a perennial, you know, sort of name in, in the wealthies. And, and part of that is, I think that's what it, it clients expect these days. You know, advisors want to hire financial technology partners that not only have capabilities that they can rely on today, but also can iterate on those uh, to deliver new value to, you know, to the overall solution. Yeah, when you uh, think about that iterations uh, to the platform, what's guiding you? Uh, you know, when you create the this one pane of glass, the the client view application, where are you deciding to spend your focus? Yeah, I mean, client feedback is a major portion of it. So, you know, today we service eighteen hundred clients on the Black Diamond platform. Um, you know, going to our client base is you know the first stop in a lot of our uh, evolution of the capability. I think the other thing that we we really do is we take a look at the evolution of the advisory business overall. You know what we've seen in, in the last you know ten years, really since uh, Black Diamond has been part of Advent, is that you know the the advisory business is really changing. Um, you know, ten years ago, uh, it, it may have been hard for a retail investor to discern you know, who is in the business of asset management and who is in the business of advisory. These advisors have really started to become financial life coaches. And what we see, you know, what we see in the market, you know, that, that transition away from, you know, solely managing money uh, and, and charging on the, you know, assets under management um, into a world where uh, not only are they, you know, things like planning and, and helping to support, uh, you know, education savings and retirement savings, but really helping clients navigate all aspects of their financial life. Uh, those are the things we're seeing happen in sort of the ecosystem. And so that's the other major area that we you know, take our cues from and, and wanna make sure that you know, our platform is, is really situated to help that transition of the advisory practice. Yeah, can, can you give me an example of that? Because I mean, one of the things that I think when I speak to a lot of technology firms, this notion of the you know the advisor, it's no longer a transactional business. Uh, it's financial planning, financial life coach. And my question always then is how do you scale that efficiently, right? It's one thing to be a stockbroker for a client and buy a few mutual funds and you know off you go. Uh, it's another thing to kind of hold the client's hand throughout all of their life cycle financial events. Uh, it's just, it's much harder. It might take a lot more time. Uh, so as advisors try to, you know, make efficient practices out of this, uh, I think the challenge for technology companies is to, to help them do that, right? I mean, and, and give me an example of how maybe you're doing that with the, the client view. So I, I, let me I'll give you the, you know, really relevant example. You know, Black Diamond has always really been focused on just feedback and what has happened yesterday, right? It's, you know, if you think about, you know, what we were built on, the core of our offering, uh, and obviously what we continue to do today it's, it was all about performance and allocation and you know current holdings and realized gains and losses. And it was a way for an advisor to pull together multiple accounts into a household and show the client what happened yesterday. 
right? That's that is that's what all wealth management you know platforms yep. have historically done. It was a very good performance reporting platform. Uh, well, that's exactly right, right? And, and that was in many ways, um, you know, the value that an advisor was bringing to the table was to be able to pull all the accounts together in a household and show how you've done uh, compared to the industry. That was the business ten years ago. What, what's happened over the last, you know, ten years is, as you know, it sounds like you've heard a lot from technology vendors and and also from you know the market in general is that advisors are transforming beyond that, you know, and obviously the first step was you know things like planning and into this financial life coaching. Well, how we think we can you know step up to the table and uh, and help and and help advisors you know really scale their practice um, are things like. How can you, you know, start from being a feedback platform and then, you know, get into the conversation of, uh, you know, planning and deploying assets and the overall decision making about, you know, the, the, the you know, the, the overall uh, allocation and how that's going to be deployed and the trading strategy around it. And then, and then help the client, you know, take action, uh, you know, beyond things and, you know, of just their portfolio. One of the things that we've uh, implemented is a tool called um, Timeline. And I, you know, we may have talked about this one before. I love talking about it, but it's a way that um, an advisor can more efficiently interact with uh, their clients in a relatively personal way, um, but to target that communication, uh, you know, to to those investors that are going to be most interested in it. So as an example, you're an advisor, you know, obviously taxes are probably now a big portion of what you might talk about. You find a great article about ways to, you know, save on taxes as a New York resident. What you really want to do is, you know, be able to send that information out to your clients, but make sure that you're only sending it out to those firms, or I'm sorry, those end investors that are based in New York. Uh, and so, what what our tool allows you to do is actually go and filter down based on demographic information. Um, you know, grab that article, send it to them in a uh, social media type posts directly in the platform. So in a pretty secure way that, that now they can engage with the content, review it, maybe come back to you with some questions. And all the while you have the ability to know who's actually, you know, open the content, logged in, looked at it. And if there's any correspondence coming back, you'll obviously be able to see that. So, so really, you know, that's one of the ways we think about helping advisors is leverage technology to scale some of those personalized communications, you know, beyond just sending out a quarterly commentary as an example. Yeah. So it becomes more of a bespoke uh, uh, communication to each client, depending on their circumstances. And clearly uh, bespoke communication at scale is, is the, is the uh, way I love talking about it, which sounds like an oxymoron, but you know, it, or, it, tools like this can help you get there. Yeah, it's not writing a unique missive to each client, but uh, uh, better targeting relevant information depending on their situation, right? Which I imagine is anywhere from geography, but also perhaps age, perhaps uh, uh, you know stage of life, uh, uh, you know where they are in the in the in the life cycle of their finances, any any of those kinds of things, which makes a, a lot of sense. Do you find when you're out talking to advisors and and you're putting this, these tools in front of them that uh, most advisors are prepared to do this kind of thing or do advisors need to be kind of educated in, in the benefits of doing this kind of thing? I mean, you say that it's, you know, client feedback is one thing, but it's also industry trends, which are pushing in this direction. I, my sense is that many advisors still don't really understand, maybe I'm wrong about this, but don't understand the full benefit of, of tailoring these communications 
to their individual clients. I don't see that many of them doing it. That's just my gut instinct. What do you hear when you're talking to advisors? Yeah, I would say it's it's evolving. You know, even the advisors we serve today, all 1,800 or somewhere on the spectrum of, really haven't adopted these kind of capabilities all the way through. You know, this now becomes one of the primary mechanisms of communications with their end uh, clients. Um, you know, I, I think uh, to your point. Our clients, advisors in general, they're they're also seeing the trends. They're reading all of the, you know, all of the industry magazines, like uh, you know, like healthmanagement.com, of course, and you know, they're they're reading articles about you know where the the industry is going. And I think many of them are looking for capabilities to make sure that they stay competitive. And that's where we step in. And and you know, often we'll have a dialogue with a prospective client that really is is looking for ways to do things like you know deliver more personalized communication but hasn't you know exactly come across a mechanism to do it in a way that's scalable uh, and and fits within the you know the workflows that that particular practice has set up and and that's where we think we can you know help uh, you know push some of these firms along in you know the overall market trends and, and where they're going do you do some kind of consulting with the firms uh, that you're selling the software to or licensing the software to to kind of move I, them in this direction? Do you have some? So I around? will say, uh, yeah. So, so the way that we support our clients in general, um, you know, ultimately becomes, uh, you know, effectively con- consulting engagement. So the way we support our clients, it's a named uh, support model. Right? You, you have someone that we call client advocate uh, over on our side that becomes really the quarterback of your relationship and, you know, the person that not only is taking reactive support, but they're also the ones that are now uh, getting to know your business, understanding, uh, you know, some of the workflows and various roles, uh, you know, in your organization. And as new capabilities are developed, they're the ones now recommending you adopt them based on uh, what they know about you. So it's, so it's a, um, you know, we, we aren't running a standalone practice management organization as an example. But what we are doing is uh, is listening to our clients on a very personal level, and and turning that into recommendations about features that they may be you know may be beneficial uh, as we release them. Mm-hmm. So it's only you're doing the same thing with uh, your uh, uh, clients and advisors as you're hoping advisors do with their end clients, right? Which is taking the feedback from the end client and, and using that to I guess create a better service. I, one of the uh, benefits of, of the client portal here that uh, client view is that advisors can look and see what their clients are doing online, right? They can see where their clients are clicking, where they're not clicking, uh, perhaps what they're looking at, what they're not looking at, and and make some decisions based on that. Is that accurate? That is absolutely the case. And, you know, the, the interesting part is we can also do the same thing. So, you know, I know when our clients are going into certain aspects of our capabilities, I know how often they're logging in. Uh, and so I, I can, you know, in the same way that our clients can then target uh, you know, the end investors that are interacting with the data most frequently, I can do the same thing and make recommendations on, on perhaps, you know, uh, more efficient uses of our capability in the same way that, a, that an advisor can do with their end, uh, end clients as well. Crystal ball here for a bit. Where is it going? Where is it headed? What, what, when you look at your uh, roadmap ahead, where do you see the next iterations coming? Uh, uh, two, three, maybe even five, or even if you want 10, 20 years down the line. Where is it going? Where in, uh, is it more bespoke, more customization? Uh, what do you see the next big uh, uh, challenge being or next uh, uh, iteration of uh, uh, your software helping advisors? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, probably two different uh, major categories. I mean, the first one is, 
integration with other capabilities is paramount, right? I know everyone talks about integration and that, you know, you connectivity to, you know, CRM applications and, you know, planning and risk a- analytics. I mean, all of those things are, um, you know, table stakes these days. I-, I think where it's going is seamless integration, but also integration where, you know, the, the value of the capability that you're connecting with can actually be felt in the other platform. Um, you know, as an example, you know, pulling in a plan and having it sit side by side with the, uh, you know, with, with performance and allocation, right? That's where it become meaningful because you're looking at, uh, you know, past, present, and future. That's one area that will continue to evolve. Um, APIs and web services will continue to drive that. And advisors choosing best of breed solutions, it's going to force every provider to step up to the table to make sure that you have, uh, you know, good capability, maybe even a development site and portal, um, you know, and the ability for other, uh, you know, firms in the ecosystem could, to consume that data. The other thing, uh, you know, the, the asset distribution, it, it, it continues to be a major trend in our, in our industry. You know, take a look at other firms that we compete with that now are, uh, you know, have merged with TAMPS. And I think, you know, that will continue. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, asset managers, insurance carriers, they are trying to figure out the ways that they can interact with independent advisors. The, the whole model of distribution for those businesses have changed because of uh, the, the prevalence of independent advisors and, and many of those advisors coming out of the legacy a wirehouse model. You used to be able to fly into a city as a wholesaler and, you know, get in, get in with the, the, the 10 biggest advisors in, in one afternoon. Um, today, if you did that, you know, you'd, you'd have to hit 10 different offices, uh, you know, spread across the city that are, you know, 10 different uh, RAs. And so uh, those firms are trying to figure out distribution and everyone, um, you know, recognizes the fact that, you know, businesses like SNC Advent and Black Diamond, you know, touch a lot of end advisors and it's a, it's a mechanism to, uh, to be able to uh, distribute your capabilities. One of the things, and, and actually the, the, the other nomination or one of the other nominations are, that we're up for this year is uh, an innovation platform mm-hmm. is um, I believe it, it is for the Avon Insurance Marketplace. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we built with uh, DPL and it's really a way for uh, advisors who traditionally uh, haven't really touched annuities or insurance products in some time to come back to that asset class and, uh, you know, because there's value in it, uh, you know, in certain scenarios. And so um, it's a way for us to uh, bring those together. And, um, you know, we, we think that's an example of, of asset distribution in the future and, and where we think it's going to continue to go. Sure. And, and with the annuity thing, uh, it's the, what DPL brings to the table is kind of a RIA friendly uh, compensation structure, right? And so when you're talking about independent RIAs, you know, giving them, I, I think a lot of independent RIAs didn't have the ability to, or it would be hard for uh, them to get annuities for their clients outside of kind of the old traditional based compensation structure, correct? So I, that's right. And I, and I think, you know, if you go through the, you know, what's happened in the independent advisor space, I mean, many of them left uh, wirehouses, broker dealers, et cetera. And they, you know, they, they shed their licenses as a result. Um, and so, you know, this is a way to help, you know, support your clients when they have an insurance need, um, you know, allows you to uh, help facilitate uh, and close the loop. But, you know, on a personal uh, aspect, a few years ago, my advisor, you know, went through a plan with me and said, you know, you need more life insurance. 
And, you know, at, at that point, he, you know, he directed me to a, a third party broker. I interacted with third party broker. I bought more life insurance and you know, he wasn't really in the, you know, in the, the workflow. And, and my per- personal feeling was, you know, as my fiduciary, you know, he, he recommended I uh, get more life insurance and, uh, you know, he should at minimum want to see me execute on that, right? Sort of close the loop. And so this is a, a mechanism that we think will help uh, many advisors close that loop on, on things that they haven't, uh, you know, uh, really touched in, in may, maybe forever or maybe many years. And does it work like an insurance marketplace? I mean, uh, uh, there are providers on the platform uh, and it's up to the advisor's discretion which ones they use. So it, it is, in fact, and um, really the way it works is it is a marketplace that is embedded within Black Diamond. It is available to every one of our clients that has interest. Uh, what you can do in that marketplace is leverage the tools that not only DPL has built, but also you know some of the insurance carriers have built to go and evaluate various products. Um, and where we've seen lots of success to date, um, and just one example of where we think it'll add value is you, you have a new client, that client has an annuity that you know, they brought to the relationship. This is a great opportunity for you to add value, uh, take a look at that annuity, compare it to you know, other capabilities currently existing in the marketplace. Uh, it, you know, and, and if you find something that uh, has a better risk reward profile, maybe is less expensive, uh, actually move them into an alternative capability. That is um, you know, one of the areas that we see uh, you know, DPL helping to, to fill and something that, you know, without DPL and, you know, obviously an advisor that isn't within a hybrid firm and doesn't affiliate with broker dealer, there really was no mechanism to do that in the past. Besides look at the product saying, yeah, I don't like it. You might want to go and speak to, you know, an insurance broker to see if you can get something better. Um, you talked earlier about the need for APIs, uh, integrations, uh, uh, better ways for different platforms, maybe best in breed uh, platforms and different silos to integrate together. There's also this notion though of the uh, fight for the advisor's desktop and to uh, SSNC, Advent, Black Diamond had, uh, you know, the primary uh, uh, focus of the advisor uh, moving out and, and acquiring the ancillary stuff as opposed to sending them out through an API to an integration. What, what's your view on that? Is there, uh, is there kind of a, a fight to be the all-in-one platform for an advisor uh, through building capabilities or acquisitions, or is the future one of better APIs and more integrations with independent providers? Does that question? Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great question, and it's an interesting one because you know there's there's obviously a lot of consolidation in the industry um, related to capabilities, but at the same time, you know those capabilities. Are, are becoming more and more open because of APIs and web services. And so uh, in, in some ways, um, you know, it, it, they sort of forces that work against each other, right? It's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you take a look at, at some of the, you know, obviously SSC is, is very acquisitive and, and you know, the, you know, many of our competitors have been doing the same thing. I think for us, um, we want to be able to deliver the best solution and if, we are delivering the best solution, our clients will buy it. But if not, we want to give them choice, right? So I would say the way that we think about the world is, um, you know, certainly there's value in, in working with a single provider or, or, or you know, fewer providers, um, you know, and, and we, we do that today. So, you know, as an example, we have clients that, 
uh, or leveraging Black Diamond, they're leveraging um, Sika for their CRM, leveraging RCI for their uh, compliance tool set. And, you know, obviously we love when that happens, right? We love when clients are, are willing to buy with us, you know, willing to, you know, spend more money with us and, and you know, step into other capabilities. But at the same time, we recognize that, um, you know, independent advisors, the way they operate, they like to make decisions. Um, and often, sometimes they want to make best of breed decisions and we're okay with that. And, and if they if they think uh, a different CRM solution would be better, we're happy to uh, integrate with uh, a different CRM solution. Um, and I think what this does is it really forces us and our competitors, uh, you know, they're in you know kind of multiple swim lanes to get better, uh, to get better at integration, to deliver better features, to deliver them to market faster. And it's you know a net benefit for the entire advisory uh, community. Yeah, for sure. Advent Genesis, uh, uh, I think is in the rebalancing category. Can you tell us about that? What problem were you trying to solve there with this? Sounds like sort of a, you know, it's for, I guess, advisors that are more portfolio managers who still kind of keep that, keep their hand in portfolio management. Uh, yep. as a, a more sort of a bespoke rebalancer. Is that, am I right about that? So the, the short of it is, is, David, you are correct. It is a balancer for our clients that are, you know, portfolio managers, and, and many of them are what I would call sort of hybrid wealth and asset managers, right? They, they develop proprietary strategy, uh, you know, in many cases, wrap, you know, the strategy into a mutual fund or an ETF or, or SMAs and, and actually, you know, go to market and other uh, you know, advisors leverage their product as well. And that's, mm-hmm. that's sort of the, you know, the typical firm that would uh, buy Genesis. And really what it is, it's, um, it's a way to move, you know, more of the, you know, portfolio modeling and, uh, and, and rebalancing activities to the front office, right? These have, you know, the, the tools, you know, for the asset management space are, are largely, you know, back office focused tools. And, you know, this is a way for us to, you know, bring some of those capabilities to the front office. I think more importantly, this is the, the you know, springboard for our overall cloud platform, you know, for the rest of Advent's uh, asset management focused business. So it's a, Genesis is a cloud native application. Uh, it's multi-tenant and, you know, it is a tool set that, you know, our clients that are leveraging, you know, APX or Geneva, uh, you know, also leverage side by side. Um, and it is the capability, uh, you know, that we will be leveraging as we build out brand new cloud native capabilities for our clients to consume. Explain to me more a little bit about that. I mean, I think we know what cloud native is, but uh, uh, is that sort of a, a foundation of a future strategy to everything's up in the cloud, everything it, is cloud based? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a future strategy to where maybe not everything is in the cloud because you know I I think it's a it's going to be a long transition. I mean, there there's still thousands of advisors that are running, uh, you know, portfolio accounting systems that were originally built in the 1980s, anticipate that, you know, that's going to continue for some time. It's really more of a, you know, it's our, it's our strategy going forward for how we will deploy new products, if that makes sense. So, you know, Advent products like Moxie and APX and Geneva are probably best known as, you know, on-premise applications that, you know, you hire an operations team to run on your behalf. And, Really, the you know the the Avent is not known for a you know besides Black Diamond, uh, cloud native multi tenant solutions um, right. where you can you know easily outsource all of your operations uh, and, and workflows to, to us as well, and and Genesis is going to be that that bridge uh, you know to the cloud for you know many of the clients that are running some of those other products. 
I just want to talk a little bit about like the past year and a half, past uh, a couple of years. You know, a lot of things that people say is that uh, when it comes to technology adoption, uh, you know, we've had 10 years in one year thanks to the pandemic. Uh, is that your experience too? Uh, what have you seen change over the past year and a half, almost two years now, I guess, with the pandemic and in terms of the way advisors work? I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say 10 years in the last one year, but I mean, certainly a significant acceleration of the adoption of uh, mobile cloud capabilities, et cetera. So, you know, I mean, even outside our industry, you know, things like DocuSign is a great example. When's the last time, you know, you saw a contract or a piece of paper that you didn't sign via DocuSign? I think advisors, you know, using that one example, if you went back to February of of 2020, I think you'd find that there were lots of advisors that were still you know, mailing out new account packages. Um, you know, you get a FedEx here, so it would have uh, a bunch of paper paper documents to sign um, and a bunch of those little sticky notes that would say sign yeah. here. In effect, that that's that's been totally eliminated in the last year. And and I think the things that we deliver, I would say it's it's parallel. Um, you know, we we've, we've seen much more adoption and push to. You know, digital correspondence with your clients, things like adoption of, of client portals and document vaults. Um, but I, I, you know, my, my, my perspective is, you know, these were trends that were already uh, underway and, and it just accelerated, uh, you know, some of the things that were already happening in, in the ecosystem. Yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, uh, uh, one of the things that concerns over the past year and a half has been around cybersecurity because everything has moved so rapidly to digital and uh, digital communications is, is, I mean, of course, cybersecurity is important. You know, we just saw a couple of big broker dealers get uh, uh, dinged uh, for lapses in, in cybersecurity. Those seem to be mostly human-based phishing type of errors. But it, what, what is your guys' thoughts about around cybersecurity? And, and, and I'm sure you take it seriously. Uh, are there any initiatives or, or things that you're doing around cybersecurity in the past year and a half to kind of uh, help protect client data as you're passing it around up in the cloud or, or around uh, advisors' workstations? Yeah. So, so first of all, um, you know, this is one of those topics where when you speak to a an advisor that's looking for solutions, my advice is always really vet your, you know, your your, your the people you're looking at, vet your technology vendors. And, you know, often that means make sure that they have, you know, SOC reports and they have pen tests and, you know, they're doing things that, uh, you know, they're having third parties uh, that are independent check in on the controls that they have in place. And of course, you know, we do all of the same things. I would say the one big area and, and you know, this is what uh, sets SSNC apart. We are, uh, we have a private cloud. Um, and so, uh, so while we certainly have products that leverage things like Azure and AWS. Within financial services, we recognize the, the sensitivity of the data that is stored in our system and is, and is, and is obviously being processed. And so, um, you know, things like Black Diamond, as an example, is, is all sitting in a private cloud in a data center that we own and operate. And so, you know, we, we, we have decided that uh, that particular aspect of our business um, which is actually control over the servers and the electricity that goes into the into the data center. We want to have control over, um, and so you know that's probably something that's unique about us. Um, you know, I think you you'd find many other firms, uh, you know, are are, are freely using uh, you know things like AWS and Azure, and and of course we do in some scenarios as well. But 
for the most part, when it comes to really sensitive client data, it is sitting in our private cloud in, uh, in our data centers that we own and operate. That is interesting. I think that is unique. I didn't, uh, I wasn't realize that, but I think you're right. That's a fairly unique situation for a fintech vendor. Yeah. And, you know, our vantage point on it is, um, you know, we certainly have the scale across our parent company to, to do so because, um, you know, even though SSNC is a big company, we're certainly not a big bank or IBM or, you know, a, a Fortune 500 business. And so, you know, we want to make sure that if there isn't, in fact, an outage at, at one of your vendors, that we are the, you know, the first priority to get up and running. And the only way that we can uh, assure that is to have control over that aspect. Yeah. Well, Steve, this has been great. I appreciate your time here. It's always to see uh, SSNC events, Black Time, and the submissions that uh, come through every year for these Wealthies Awards. Uh, the judges recognize the, the, the work and, and, and the iterations that you're making on your platforms. Uh, the advisors appreciate it too. So thanks very much for taking some time to explain it to us. Well, uh, all, always good speaking to you, David. And uh, you know, thanks for having me. And I hope I'll actually see you one of these days soon. I hope so too. Uh, you know, we're we're doing the awards this year uh, live, kind of a hybrid thing. You know, believe me, no one would rather it be live than me. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I definitely want to be there in the room. So, yeah, I hope so. I hope to see you on the road at maybe a conference at some point in the in the future. And let's hope things get back to normal. Well, sounds great. Appreciate the time, and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Thank you. This has been the Wealthiest Podcast, and I'm David Armstrong. Thank you for listening. This content has been made for information and educational purposes only. The views and opinions represent the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of wealthmanagement.com.